the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Law Offices of Selwyn Whitehead is a debt relief agency under federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking debt relief under the United States Bankruptcy Code. This is Selwyn's Law. Every week at this time, we get to hear from Selwyn Whitehead. She's not just an attorney at law. Selwyn knows her stuff and doesn't shy away from the truth, even when it's ugly. Her Bay Area practice focuses on helping her clients to manage their wealth through estate and tax planning, to managing their debt through reconstruction or bankruptcy. And now, it's time for Selwyn's Law. Good day, and welcome once again to Selwyn's Law. My name is Selwyn Whitehead. I'm a California Bar Admitted Attorney, and I'm also a Bankruptcy Law Certified Specialist who's been certified by the State Bar of California's Board of Legal Specialization. And as I've shared with you before, in addition to my JD, I also hold a couple of master's degrees in law. That is to say, I'm a master of the laws of taxation law, and I'm also a master of the laws of intellectual property laws. Now, both of my great master's degrees in law were obtained from my favorite alma mater, Golden Gate University School of Law, that's located in the most beautiful city on the planet, well, just about, the beautiful downtown area of San Francisco, California. Now, because of my training, my experiences, and my lifelong interest in money and finance and economics, I primarily practice bankruptcy law, but I also do debt wealth management, estates and trusts, real estate, and of course, taxation law. And as I've shared with you before, I'm proud to say that as part of my practice, I also sometimes have the opportunity to seek out and at least attempt to vindicate the rights of seniors who find themselves the victims of uh, some of the most pernicious forms of financial elder abuse that can wipe out a life's worth of income savings in a matter of moments. Now, I am, as always, pleased to come to you again today from my makeshift studios in my voluntary lockdown because of COVID. And I come to you each week to discuss financial and legal issues confronting individuals, families, and, of course, small business owners. However, I must once again preface my remarks by saying that this show does not provide any legal advice, nor am I developing an attorney-client relationship with anyone within the sound of my voice. Instead, this show strives strictly to serve as an educational forum for the exchange of information from me to you that might be helpful to you as you begin your search for more detailed information that's tailored to your specific set of facts and circumstances, and hopefully will provide you at least an overall outline of some of the key issues you need to consider that may help you seek out and find qualified professional help because, as I'm known for saying, Representing yourself in a legal matter, especially financial one, is just like taking a butter knife to a gunfight. You might be able to sneak up on your adversary and scratch her on the arm or even poke her in the eye, but more than likely, you're going to be dead on arrival. That is to say, your valid claims and your righteous defenses will likely see the promised land way before you do. So, as 
I must once again share with you the purpose of Selwyn's Law, in case you haven't guessed it, is to discuss the law as related to your money. And unfortunately, in these times that we live in, uh, more than likely, the lack thereof and your overall finances and what you need to consider to protect your and or your families and or your businesses and or your employees, financial health, wealth and money related well-being, as I understand these concepts in this non-threatening form. So today we're going to continue our discussion on what I believe all small business owners should consider if they want to try and save their businesses that have been shut down by governmental mandate in order to stop the community spread of COVID-19. And perhaps, (laughs) you know, that's inhibited your ability to pay your landlord who have to you remember for most part is also a small business owner, but sometimes not. And they need money to pay their mortgage. But, I'm talking to you. I'm really focusing on restaurant chores and spa, day spa, because I've had many of you contact me and ask me to help you think through what you need to do. So um, you need to figure out a way to deal with your landlord because she wants her rent. And it could be that you just don't have enough income to pay it during this particular shutdown. So again, as I shared with you last week, there are three things you need to consider to possibly gain some relief. And I say possibly, but, you know, I'm an optimistic person. You know, uh, most lawyers are, although we seem, you know, to be on the dark side because we also always have to look at both sides of a situation or multiple sides of a situation. But I'm a lawyer because I believe there's a possibility for uh, redemption and to save your business. But I always have to tell my clients, you know, there's an upside and there's a downside. But if you don't at least try the upside, you got nothing but downside. So I think you need to consider three things if you're having uh, problems paying your rent because government has shut you down. As we shared last week, and I'll summarize here, you need to look at your rental contract, your commercial contract, to see if there's a force majeure provision which literally means an act of God is preventing you from performing your duties under your contract, your rental agreement, such as timely paying your rent to your landlord each month. And force majeure act of God also encompasses other uh, reasons. And and in many contracts, it says governmental shutdowns or wars or or things that prevent uh, one from being able to carry on with their business is considered force majeure. However, even if there's no force majeure provision in your contract, um, a court of competent jurisdiction, because remember now, you're going to not have the ability to pay, and your landlord's going to say pay, and then your landlord's going to demand payment, and then you guys are going to end up in front of a judge, more than likely, unless you can negotiate uh, a a settlement without going to court. But we'll talk about that uh, at, at another time. But even if there's no force majeure provision, a court of competent jurisdiction may find that under a certain set of facts and circumstances, you may be relieved of paying some or all of your rent because to do so, again, because of the governmental government shutting down your business, would be impossible or impractical. Both of these strange legal words are defenses for someone who breaches her contract. And we also briefly discussed another defense, which is called ambiguity. And that's where 
a lack of clarity or the use of imprecise language uh, when it comes to determining the meaning of a material, and material has uh, some, uh, means something legally, a material term or a material clause in the contract, rendering it objectively or subjectively or both too vague to be reasonably interpreted. However, I didn't get a chance to discuss another possible defense um, for, you know, you you breaching your contract. And it may be found, again, by a court of competent jurisdiction. It's called a contract of adhesion. So what does that mean? Um, A contract of adhesion is a contract that is drafted by one of the parties to the contract that usually holds a greater bargaining power over the party with weaker or no bargaining power, such as a person who is seeking to borrow money or a person or entity that's, you know, seeking to rent commercial space or even a person who seeks to insure her business. Such larger parties can include the bank, who you want to borrow the money from. They're in a better bargaining position than you. A major commercial landlord uh, usually is a in a better bargaining position than you. And an insurance company, I got to tell you, <laughs> nine and nine, 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 nine <laughs> uh, uh, times out of a thousand, um, they're going to be in a better bargaining position than you. And so basically, it's a take it or leave it contract, which... Um, might be considered unconscionable by a court uh, because of the disparity in the bargaining power between the two parties. As such, the weaker party may adhere, contract of adherence, the weaker party may adhere like adhesive tape to the contract and its provisions, even if they're not, you know, provisions that they would negotiate, would have negotiated if they had equal bargaining power. As such, They may have to give up the opportunity to negotiate or change a material term of the deal. So adhesion adhesion contracts favor the stronger party when one has something that the other one wants because the stronger party can just say, see you later, buddy. I don't take it or leave it. So obviously adhesion contracts are good for the business who created the contract, but not so good for the party, the weaker party, because they must essentially take it or leave it without any negotiating um, power. As such, a court of competent jurisdiction might find such a contract to be unconscionable, making it uh, a defense. So um, we also discussed uh, briefly uh, the second thing that you need to investigate is your business insurance policy to understand the contours of your business interruption coverage, if any, and what you or what you thought was a business insurance uh, interruption policy, uh, because, you know, you're paying a huge premium for something called business interruption. And, you know, you thought that, you know, would replace some or all of your lost income if the government shut you down. And anyway, that's what your insurance agent or broker told you it would do. Now, the third uh, thing that you need to consider, and we'll talk about this next week, is filing for bankruptcy to see if there's a way that you might be able to have the protection of the federal court, a court in equity, while you try to either save your business through reorganization 
or shut it down permanently through an orderly court-supervised liquidation and then get on with your life and start a new business or go get a job. So today we're going to look at the business insurance policy to see if perhaps it contains business interruption, uh, a business interruption endorsement that is robust enough to withstand the many exclusions contained in that same policy, such that you might be able to hold your insurance carrier responsible for replacing at least some of the lost income and thereby plot a path to legitimately save your small business during this pandemic until enough of us receive the vaccine that will create the societal immunity that will let our economy fully reopen. So when we come back, we're going to continue today's important topic, things small business owners need to consider to try to save their business if their business has been shut down by government mandate due to COVID-19. But first, we're going to take a short break, and I'll see you on the other side. Now back to Selwyn's Law. Once again, your host, Selwyn Whitehead. Welcome back to Selwyn's Law. As we continue today's important topic, three things business owners need to consider to try and save their businesses that have been shut down by our government through a mandate that our government thought was appropriate to save us all from COVID-19. So today we'll be looking at our business insurance policy to see if perhaps it contains a business interruption endorsement that is robust enough to withstand the many exclusions contained in this same policy that our carrier will point out when it denies our claim such that we may have to land in court and have the court or at least articulate to the court or plead with the court or ask the court or move the court to hold the insurer responsible for replacing at least some of our losses and thereby provide us with a path to help us legitimately save our small businesses during this pandemic until enough of us receive the vaccine that will create the societal immunity that will let us fully reopen our economy and put us all back to work such that people will go to our restaurants again and go to our day spas. Boy, do I need to go to a day spa. I got to tell you, I really need to go. So I want our our economy to open back up, but we got to figure out how to get from point A to point B. And you know, with um, uh, the, the one Pfizer being approved in, in the UK and uh, I'm recording this on Thursday, uh, the 10th, uh, hopefully the CDC and others have um, uh, uh, allowed it to be used here in the United States. Canada also is using Pfizer and there's a couple of other um, uh, vaccines that are ready to go, ready to be examined. So we'll just pray that um they make it and then we'll pray that enough of us take it, but we have other issues to deal with. But there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Many people who have consulted with me to have me look at their insurance policies or give them some ideas of what they might be able to do. Some of them have decided that, you know, the vaccine was too far off in, in the distance and they have just run out of money and their landlords are beating them. And some of them have shut down permanently. And that is really sad because, if you spent, you know, 20, 30, 40 years building up a, a restaurant 
that, you know, everybody loves and, you know, it's a, it takes care of you and your family. And then, you know, even if your landlord, you know, buys your business out for one third or one half, what are you going to do when that money runs out? So I, I, I'm not telling people what to do and I'm not giving you legal advice. I'm just talking about me as a small business person. I just don't want to have to work for somebody else. I just, you know, believe I have faith that I, I, I have faith, but I'm also a person who's been trained in science to understand how it could be that there could be a vaccine that could help save us from this dreaded disease. And since we know Everybody's optimistic about when we're going to get the vaccine, but say we don't get it until this time next year. Enough of us are vaccinated. How do we bridge that year's gap? And as I'm saying, look at your rental agreement for force majeure and other defenses for not paying. And now we're going to look at our insurance policy to see if uh, there's possibly something in our insurance policy that will make a court want or have the, the basis to say that the insurance company, even though it doesn't want to, has to at least pay part of your lost expenses. Okay? So as such, we all need to get to know and form a deep personal relationship with our business insurance policy because some of it may form the only basis to keep our businesses afloat during these troubling times. That is to say, you might have to sue your insurer to enforce the business interruption payment terms of the policy that you paid a huge premium for. Uh, It may be the last defense. However, I have to be honest with you. It's going to be an uphill battle because the nature of provisioning insurance in America is for the insurer to make money by keeping its claims payouts as low as possible. That's the nature of insurance. I worked in the insurance on both sides, advocating against insurers. And I did such a good job that an insurance company (laughs) reached out to me and recruited me to work for it inside of its claims department where I managed a group of lawyers and paraprofessionals. And our job was to defend our insurance. So that made it palatable to me to work for an insurance company. But I understand the way insurance works. It's like, you know, more money in, very little little money out. And so you need to know that. But here's the rub. As stated in an article by Jeff Feely and Catherine Jiglinski and published on Bloomberg.com on November 27, 2020, entitled, Insurers win most, but not all, COVID-19 business loss lawsuits. It states, in the multi-billion dollar fight over insurance coverage for pandemic-related losses, a Florida gynecologist succeeded where more than a dozen professional baseball teams and an iconic Hollywood restaurant failed. Since COVID-19 sparked government-ordered shutdowns beginning in March, judges have dismissed more than four times as many business interruption lawsuits as they have allowed to proceed. And this is according to preliminary analysis by the University of Pennsylvania Law School. But some plaintiffs are finding some weakness uh, in 
the uh, insurers. Okay? And that might help you with a legal defense. Again, back into the article. Christopher Walker, who, who was an Orlando doctor, is one of the plaintiffs who found a weakness in the uh, insurance industry's defense. Though his policy, like many, contained a provision that his insurer contends excluded virus claims, Walker's lawyer argued with the language used was ambiguous. Remember, we talked about ambiguous. And a federal judge agreed keeping the case alive after the insurer sought a dismissal of the suit bought on behalf of Mr. Walker or Dr. Walker's practice. Now, the insurance is a make or break business for a lot of businesses. And this was according to Walker's uh, attorney, uh, Mr. Malik. He said this in an interview with Bloomberg. People like my clients paid for coverage for these kinds of losses. And it isn't right that insurers don't want to pay. Uh, the high stakes game, and you know, and it, 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 sometimes it really feels like it's a game. Uh, the high stakes uh, for uh, thousands of dollars in businesses and for thousands of businesses, the outbreak has led to a surge in U.S. bankruptcies, including rental car company Hertz Global Holdings and Century 21 stores, um, said it couldn't survive after its insurer denied its business interruption claim. You should know that Century 21 stores in their bankruptcy they sold their right to sue their insurer to someone who bought it in their bankruptcy, and it looks like they're going to have enough money to pay their creditors. So that lets you know that some people believe that these claims are valid. And so just keep that in the back of your mind. But the pandemic is also squeezing insurers. Again, back into the article. Uh, in the second quarter after the initial shutdown, an insurer, Chubb Limited, reported $1.16 billion, with a B in COVID-19 losses. And Munich Re, another insurer, said this month's COVID-19 losses just keep growing. Overall, the in- industry, the insurance industry, will face at least $100 billion in total underwriting losses from the pandemic. And this according to Lords of London and Lloyds of London, and they set that in May. So let's look at uh, some of the key provisions that you need. I have a sample insurance policy that I will quickly go through, and maybe we'll spend a little bit more time on it. But the first thing you need to look for in your insurance policy, and this insurance policy is nearly 200 pages long. So there is a a table of contents-like page um, in your insurance policy, and it basically says schedule of forms and endorsements, forms, the declaration that you have that particular coverage, and an endorsement can be a positive or a negative thing. It could endorse an enhancement to the policy, but it could also endorse a, a, a detraction from the policy. So what you want to do is look at that table of contents and look for these three things. See if there's a, a line item, business income, and extra expense coverage form. Then you also want to look for a line item entitled exclusion of loss due to viruses or bacteria. And also you want to look for a a line item 
fungi and bacteria exclusion. So if you go through that, that schedule of forms and endorsements, look for these things, and then there'll be an individual page or pages, a form that articulates the contours of the coverage form or the exclusion. So, you know, I'm going to leave it there for now. Uh, and we're going to pick this up when we get back together next time, because I think it's real important that you form a personal relationship with your business policy. That way, when you seek out legal help, you can help your lawyer see for, see why you believe you have a cause of action and get them to agree. And if they don't understand what you're talking about, then you maybe need to look for another lawyer. But anyway. Uh, With that said, I'm going to leave it here for now. But as always, in closing, I like to say here at Selwyn's Law, we always want to stay on the right side of the law, especially when that law can help keep our businesses afloat so we can take care of our families and our employees during this pandemic until most of us get vaccinated against the dreaded COVID-19. So mask up, keep your social distance wash your hands and come back and see me next week. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Selwyn's Law. Remember, the law office of Selwyn Whitehead is a designated debt relief agency under the federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking relief under the bankruptcy code. When it comes to your finances and your rights, seek no other than the law office of Selwyn Whitehead. Selwyn is your go-to finance attorney, specializing in estate planning, wealth management, bankruptcy, tax, and real estate law. In other words, Selwyn knows her way around the dollar, and your rights are protected by our laws. Protect your money. Know your rights. Partner with Selwyn Whitehead. For immediate assistance, or if you have questions, call 510-633-1276, 510-633-1276, or go to selwynwhitehead.com. The preceding paid program is sponsored by the law office of Selwyn Whitehead, who is solely responsible for its content.